0: Welcome to Trivial Debates.
1: Welcome to the 54th edition of Trivial Debates, the ultimate pop culture challenge. Hello, everybody. I am your host today, Mike O'Connor, and we have some uh, very awesome new debates this month. Each week, of course, our panelists will be judged and scored on their arguments for facts, passion, and creativity. And here we go with this week's panelist. starting out of the hop. We have. All right. Whoever you are. Our our first panelist today is Jeff. (laughs) What up? Boom. Jeff Nader. Welcome. Drop the mic. I'm
2: here. I'm back.
1: All right. Right, and our next contestant in a hop, we have Jody. Welcome, Jody. Here I'm Jeff.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm coming for you, Get Jody. The mic. There you go.
1: The virtual attacks you are, me, are you? beginning. And our third contestant today, welcome to the show, Adam.
0: Hey guys, no big entrance for me oh come on <laughs> we all did guns we need to do guns come on wave the guns
2: <laughs>
0: oh
3: Dang. he's showing a different type of guns All right. oh because
1: adams everything. adam's bringing the big guns today everybody better watch out all right we want uh we want people to be passionate not personally mean to one another of course let's keep it clean gentlemen or as much as possible Keep in mind, you can also skip to a new debate by looking at the time indexes in the description for our viewers at home and uh, going into the battles that interest you the most. Okay, are we ready?
4: Ready? Uh, Let's
1: get ready to rumble! All right. We've got six categories coming at you today. Category number one, open for all three contestants, is Movies. Let's cut right to that first question. And our first question of the day under the category of movies, what is the worst movie adaptation of a comic book? Who are we going to first today? Let's go to Jody. I see you first up on my oh, screen. Okay.
3: All right. So I picked a little known movie, uh, very big budgeted, but uh, terrible performance, uh, which is a movie from 2004. Uh, obviously the best movie ever made which is catwoman uh this is a <laughs> terrible movie uh just to give you a bit of a background history of this this is a movie that actually originally was written right after batman returns which is from what 90 geez, i can't remember the exact Ooh. date but anyway um basically it was written for michelle pfeiffer uh this is a movie that went through so many production hassles before it even got shot Uh, that it ended up, they ended up losing Michelle Pfeiffer. She actually quit the project. She just flat out quit it. Uh, and the worst thing about this movie overall is Halle Berry, as well as everything else in it. Uh, it is just drivel. Uh, and it was made for a hundred million dollars and they only ended up getting 82 million back at the end of the day. So it's just a terrible comic book movie.
1: One of those box office flops. Okay. Very much so. So Great answer, great answer, Mr. Simpson. And uh, now we're gonna throw it over to Jeff. Jeff, what did you have? What was the worst, worst comic book ad- worst comic book adaptation into a movie?
2: I picked um, the 2015 version of the Fantastic Four. You talk about a movie that was literally created just to keep the rights away from Marvel. Uh, it's such a bad movie that it, it's just terrible. Like literally, uh, Invisible Woman's hair changes In the middle of a scene in the movie doctor doom's in it for like two minutes the entire movie is just just awful they made my budget was actually higher than yours yes it's quite a few it's about 10 years later jody it somehow made money i have no idea but it's so bad uh everybody crapped on this movie nobody liked it it literally failed in its attempt to keep the rights it ended up getting sold anyway a couple years later to disney um i will never rewatch this movie. I, I watched it once and it was awful. It, it was unwatchable. It's it, like you talk about a movie that has studio interference and literally they told them not to read the comic books on set. They, they didn't want to have any type of influence on the movie because it was so all over the place. Too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: All right. Another great answer. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we're gonna throw it over to Adam. What is the worst comic book adaptation into a movie?
0: Superman 4. Uh, the, the fourth in the sequence. Who's Adam? The sequ- <laughs> can you hear me? Yep. We- oh no. Okay. I picked uh, Superman 4. Can you guys hear me or not? Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, I can that sounds like a Jody problem. All right. Back back to this Superman four starring Christopher Reeves. Uh, he was able to get uh, his old good friend Gene Hackman to come back, reprise his role. But it's still a terrible movie. Uh, the picture was made for seventeen million. It made fifteen point two million dollars at the time. Uh, guys, this was done before CGI, and they really needed a budget for uh, visual effects and couldn't do that because the budget kept getting cut back, cut back. As Canon was a, a company, I'm sure none of you heard of it because guess what? They went out of business after Superman four. You know, how bad was it that you could actually see the harnesses that kept up Christopher Reeves during his flight scenes? Um, they actually cut 45 minutes from the film So the megaplexes could play the movie, you know more times in a day to get more money out of the movie But that actually backfired on them in the end because just nobody came to the movie So you could play it, you know eight or nine times a day, but you, you still weren't getting uh, enough people in the seats So I you know box office flop story was terrible. It was very political and uh, you know, focusing on the nuclear race at the time in the early '80s, and uh, again, uh, story writing was awful, and just just a, a box office flop.
1: All right, thank you, Adam. All right, so three tough, <laughs> three tough ones to start off with. Uh, great answers, guys. Jeff, I think Fantastic Four was was brutal, like you said. Um, at the end of the day, they made a couple of sequels off it, so I'm I'm leaning more no, no. towards. Not, nope. No,
2: not that one. No, that's the oh. there's two fantastic four movies uh, before that. This is the last one that he's was...
1: talking. The
3: 2015 one with Kate Mira and all that. Okay. One. So I'm, I was confused. So, there. I, was Teller? Thinking... I, I wouldn't mind starting if that's all right with everybody. Yeah. Go for, okay, go for it. Okay. Number one, I'm the only movie out of the three movies that were picked that actually lost money. Every single one of these other movies made money. Okay. Even though not much when it comes to Superman four, uh, but they definitely made money um now that's not the only thing that's obviously going to judge this uh this thing but my movie is supposed to be a representation of a character from another movie doesn't even mention batman at all in the damn movie even though it is a batman character uh and literally done by the exact same studio warner brothers which you would think would be able to keep their ip's you know, pretty pretty straight, but unfortunately couldn't. Uh, the other thing that also happened is that my movie actually got seven different nominations for Raspberry uh, Awards, which is the Raspberry Awards, which is the worst films ever, uh, essentially, and even won Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Director, and Worst Screenplay uh, for that year uh, out of all the contenders, which I don't know if you guys remember 2004. There was a lot of terrible movies back then. Uh, but overall, I just think, uh, you know, with all my points. Uh, points aside, I think I clearly I'm the winner here.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a, qu- a couple of things to say. First of all, my movie is, is so bad that they were going to make a sequel and they said, no, there was two minutes to negative reviews and the box office. Um, the, the box office uh, was not good enough. It was like $20 million. They made off a $120 million budget, uh, 100, so really,
3: 167 million actually.
2: Well, okay. So no, they made 40 million. Maybe no, not even. Uh, yeah. Not even
3: close. Yeah, not was, even uh... close.
2: And, and okay, so here's the deal with this movie. Tommy Wiseau, the guy who made the the worst movie ever that people like, The Room, <laughs> the said Room. he would be interested in directing the sequel, and they actually seriously considered it. So these these are the type <laughs> of things with the Fantastic Four. Wow. Also, look at look at the title of my movie, Fan Four Stick Four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a marketing nightmare right there for sure. <laughs> so that's all. I, all
2: right, I'll just stop with that yeah like mine, okay. also I've, had. Got one,
0: I've got one for oh. superman you guys got to hear this one too <laughs> so canon canon uh studios at the time they actually had in the you know in the works and planning stages was the first super uh, first spider-man movie pardon me and and because of this movie with was, was so bad and, and jody it only made 15.7 domestically and and yep. it did cost 17 million so it did lose money but long and short um they couldn't make the first Spider-Man movie, which was probably a good thing, but, you know, it, it de- definitely delayed the, the production of Spider-Man, probably until CGI came along. And I will say this again, is that back in in those days when you absolutely needed, you know, good visual effects, especially for a, a superhero movie, um, you know, to cut a budget so drastically that you saw cables, you know, made it look like a B movie. Uh, it was... was tragic honestly you know coming out of how superman looked in superman 2 and superman 3 they're all pretty good movies did, did you but, say uh, that they lost money they lost dem- they lost worldwide they did not lose money domestically right. they lost money oh, okay domestically sorry I heard I misheard that yeah so I mean you know like to me again just it could have been tragic for the whole superhero movies if it hadn't performed. It didn't perform, but thankfully somebody got smart and saw the potential in what they could do from the first three movies. But this was a, you know, and I think honestly for Christopher Reeve, uh, a very bad ending to a great career as a super, as playing Superman, um, you know, from there, he, we all know that he tragically broke his neck and then died subsequently of pneumonia. So. Um, not a great way to have his swans on going out with a movie that he wrote. Uh, and really pushed for it to be such a bad ending to uh, a great otherwise great uh, movie I, I, career.
3: I definitely don't have the same feeling about Christopher Reeve as you do as an actor but the uh, you know, I, I I do agree with both these other movies. I, I think they're both definitely great picks um, but when it comes to just overall losing money, terrible everything, like I can watch the Fantastic Four movie. It's not good but I can still watch it. Catwoman is unwatchable. If you you watch that movie you will probably throw up at the end of it, it I, I can't so watch
2: terrible. my movie i can't watch my movie generally. i watched I your movie I've, it wasn't i've actually i've actually, it I've actually never watched, watched Captain of it, so i don't know oh, it is uh, just, i don't i, I guess, don't recommend yeah. it right um superman 4 is terrible it's bad but it's it's the end of uh, a road that of fond memories fantastic four is a reboot movie of movies they've already made two of that were fun and people kind of enjoyed even my dad like liked The original Fantastic Four movies. Um, You know, then they tried to like basically DCify the Fantastic Four with this new movie and it didn't work and and nobody liked it and somehow still made money because people are going to go see a superhero movie no matter what, usually, especially if it's a big name like Fantastic Four. Catwoman's not a big name
3: there's other movies that have done the exact same thing to hold on to the rights, such as Sony with yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, that's not really necessarily Spider-Man a bad Spider-Man three is a
2: great example, which uh, is another bad movie,
3: bad movie, but I'd watch that <laughs> 10 times over anything else that we've already mentioned here.
2: <laughs> yes. And, and the question is asking about adaptation. And I kind of, for me, I, I, I think it's between me and Jody because at least Superman four is still, you know, pretty true to the character of, superman that they've done for the first three movies and it's pretty true to the comics my movie kind of just takes a big dump on the fantastic four because they they didn't have the time to really do it and then catwoman is another one i agree with you jody they didn't they were not faithful to the character they didn't even mention batman
3: no nothing nothing going on so it's my, my movie is what my movie has won so many terrible awards uh i i i think that alone seals the deal but you know uh, well mine won
2: my one raspies too jody it won worst director worst prequel right. remake ripoffs or sequel worst picture yes yeah. right, well,
3: you
5: you take the reins at this point I, because these I, two will keep going back and forth
1: That's i think true. we have to call it uh so i think fantastic four now that i've been reset and know exactly which movie we're talking about <laughs> uh Decent bones to this movie. Decent bones to this movie, and like Jody said, I can watch it. It's uh, it's not great, but I can watch it. It's it's a um, plain movie. Yeah, that's yeah. what we gotta look at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Sunday afternoon, there's nothing on. If I have to watch
3: okay. Catwoman on a plane, I'd probably open the emergency exit. Oh,
1: you yeah, you'd probably hear some shrieking cats going on. Um <laughs> Superman 4, love, you know, regardless of of how bad that one was, I think to Jeff's point, it's kind of the capstone on a on an era, so uh yeah, horrible to watch but still you know, it's got some good nostalgia there. I'm going to go with Catwoman on this one. Jody's the winner for round one. Congratulations, Jody. And I think when it comes to Catwoman, I mean, for me, almost the definition of the Razzie Awards uh, is Catwoman there. So, so good choice, Jody. All right. We are going to move on to question number two quickly and keep this thing, keep this show rolling. Category number two, television. And your question is, gentlemen, what is the best Ken Burns documentary? All right, Jeff, we're going to throw it to you first.
2: Uh, I went with the one everyone knows him for, the Civil War. Um, For me, this is how I started learning about the Civil War, was this documentary. And I'm a history major now, so I give a lot of props to this documentary because the way he frames it, the community parody this exact narrative where you have like the actual quote of a real soldier talking over you know basically a silhouette of 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 a battlefield or a house or a picture of, of a soldier or whatever and this is what he's known for you ask people who's cam burns oh the civil war guy that's wh- what they're going to mention um yeah so like just just amazing history he fits so much into an hour and 15 minutes it's incredible incredible how research and history he did and he actually shows both sides which is very rare for a Civil War um, documentary so for me Ken Burns uh, Civil War is the best uh, I also enjoy his Vietnam one but it's not quite to the same level in my opinion you're
5: muted Mike
1: Sorry about that, guys. Fantastic answer, Jeff. And we are now going to throw it over to Adam. I picked um, his uh, documentary
0: on Hemingway. And, uh, you know, I, I think that this was an important one to be made. And, you know, because everybody has this archetype or or image of what Hemingway was in their minds. You know, through did I get disconnected
1: this. or did everybody else?
0: Okay.
5: We okay. hear you.
0: Can you hear okay. me? Yep. Yes. Right. So as I was saying, he he was an architect archetype um, through our our reading list and literature. I am literature. not
1: hearing anybody on my end.
3: He's got a reboot. He's got to refresh then. Re- that's uh, what re- I had re- to do. Re- um, sorry, sorry. Who, Mike or me? Mike. Mike. You're not fine. You. You're fine.
2: David, why don't we just go to the four screen instead of the big screen? Okay. I can see Mike. He's fine. No, he's
3: not. It's the same thing that happened with me. He has to refresh. I couldn't hear anybody all of a sudden.
0: Okay. Well, Just tell him to refresh in chat. Yeah, he's refreshing now.
5: Go ahead, go, go ahead uh, Adam.
0: All right, I'll start again. So I, I went with, with Hemingway's, uh, sorry, Ken Burns' documentary on Hemingway, uh, basically taking a look at, you know, author Hemingway however you know for somebody who was created on you know for for me my first introduction was to Hemingway was just sort of my parents talking about it but real reading was in grade 9 farewell to arms and you know you heard more about the man but as you learn more about this guy through his uh, six-hour documentary uh, it was chronological it was very interesting and I did spend the time at it Um, you know, I learned things that I've never learned before. And I think that for, for such an iconic person in, in, you know, North American literature to learn about this person was just so interesting. I mean, you took him from, from his childhood, through his time as a war hero in World War I, uh, to uh, his time in Paris through time in Florida and Key West over to Cuba. So, I mean, and his impact on other writers through the three years has just been really chronologicalized and, you know, to get uh, people in this, um, In this documentary, like Merle Streep came into it, Uh, Patricia Clarkson and Jeff Daniels were also narrating. Was really interesting. I thought he did very well, and I learned a hell of a lot.
1: All right, great answer, Adam. Thank you very much. And finally, we are going to throw it over to Jody. Best Ken Burns documentary. Okay,
3: so I actually picked the Vietnam War, Uh, and the reason why I picked this uh, is. It, it's it's a great telling of both sides. Um, I find a lot of the Vietnam uh, War based documentaries on TV um, Are usually one-sided they're very, you know tell the American side and that's it uh, The nice thing about the Ken Burns uh, Vietnam War is he does actually discuss both sides of the of the conflict uh, As well as how it affected both sides a little bit better Um the, it's a 10 episode uh, piece. uh, So obviously you have different topics per the 10. um, So I'm not going to get into that. Uh, But basically it, it, he captures the exact feeling of the war um, and the feeling that people had the, you know, the the struggle as well as the conflict that they had uh, with the fact that there was a lot of people that didn't believe that they should be there, all that stuff. So overall, I just think it's a really well done telling. Uh, I want to take my last 10 seconds to tell the judge that I believe that uh, the civil war should actually be taken out of this uh, thing, because that is not a TV show. That is actually a movie. So this is a TV category. So I don't know why that was allowed, but I'm uh, protesting the judge and mic dropping on uh, on Jeff. There,
2: You're trying to disqualify.
3: I me. Mean, I'm trying to disqualify you he's... for the fact that you picked a movie for a TV category.
2: What? what do you, they're documentaries. They're t- they you know. I'm sorry, it's a TV I'm category. Sure what do you mean one it's second. a movie? Was it in a theater? Hold yes, on, I, I got to film fix
5: this. I got to fix this
2: one
1: second. It did. <laughs> it, it did air on PBS. So I think we're gonna we'll allow it for this one. <laughs>
2: I don't think that, yeah, that's a it's not like it was like a, a it, had it a wasn't made and, uh, for TV it
3: was, it's not a TV it
1: was
2: it, it wasn't a the, it wasn't in a theater yes Jody. it was it, it was not. a film
1: <laughs> Jody I, I challenge you to go watch Civil War in the theater I can't now <laughs> well fair enough
3: but anyway I don't, I, know. I, I don't agree with that pick I it's not a TV uh, documentary I think it's a superior to
2: documentary through. to his, uh, and it really is. Uh, the, the Vietnam War Ratings is Ratings-wise, like it is it. definitely
3: superior, but I didn't pick it because it's a movie.
2: Well, I mean, it's a technicality. You if you like, want to argue I, the merits of the documentaries, okay. I think w- we could t- uh, certainly do that. And for me, um, he put way more effort and research into his Civil War. It's what he's known for. Everybody knows Ken Burns for the Civil War documentary. For the, film, uh, the new Civil Hemingway yeah, one yes, is also film. fantastic. Uh, I, I, I've I've watched it as well. Um, it's about it one is. man though, so it's it's a little bit more focused, I guess you could say. Uh, the definitely Seymour for in the Vietnam.
0: Jeff, for me, like you know, having visited his home in Key West and and just you know, again, the, the mystery of that guy has been, you know, it just brought so much qu- questions that I had about the guy, and you know, he wasn't nice, and no. <laughs> you know, Hemingway was was you know, I, you know, for one person who you know enjoys quite an he was, yeah. He, he, he lived life on his terms and, and just didn't really give a shit about anybody else's feelings or thoughts or whatever. He just, you know, it was all about him. And that's very clear, you know, even through his drinking and his abuse through of, of his wife's wife, pardon me. Um, you know, it, you know, his grandchildren barely knew him. It's just, just, it was all about Hemingway. And I, you know, for me, I, and if you've ever get the chance and to go to Key West, please stop at his place. Cause it's, it's worth seeing, um, just you know, just amazing, um, person.
5: Six toed cats.
0: But, yeah. Yes. Polydectal <laughs> cats are there. I've seen them. So, um, but anyway, I, I quite enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Like I said, you know, civil war, Vietnam, you, you, you get all over the place. It's, it's overdone. This was a, a one man show. Yes, Jeff, but it was also not many people have taken the time to, to investigate one person like that.
3: Well, I think the
0: key of a good documentary
3: is to make sure you cover the subject matter correctly. You know, all three of these did definitely cover them uh, and covered them very well. Ken Burns is, in my opinion, one of the best documentary makers in the world. Like, you know, bar none. Um, You know, the Vietnam War, I I felt was probably the best representation. I've studied a lot of the Vietnam War uh and his his take on uh how he made that and the shots and all that everything about it is just high quality uh it's it's a great it was a great tv event it was a great tv experience and overall i just think uh when you're a good documentary has to show the bad as well as the good uh and i think definitely with all three of these that's that's absolutely true um but again as i said i i the the uh, when it comes to ratings wise, all three of these are very high up. Uh, mine would be the second best rated out of the three of them if we don't count the fact that Jeff has picked a, a film. Uh, but uh, overall it, it's, it's it. I, I think all three of them are great picks. So I, I don't envy our judge, let's put it that way
2: i don't really understand your argument there jody because like mine first broadcasted on pbs for five consecutive nights that's on tv that's not like i don't understand what you're talking about like yes it's a miniseries. i guess is that what it, you mean it's a film why because it was done by a, a film production company? it's even called
3: a film the production the production environment everything that they did to produce it said it was a film and it did actually display in theaters
2: okay but it, it also aired on tv first Yeah, Uh, I can't can't verify that, that, Jody.
0: I'm sorry? Anything that airs on PBS is a show.
2: Yeah, I disagree with that, but anyway. So I I don't agree with that. I also think with the Civil War...
0: That's right.
3: That's um, like telling me every time I I, I see Die Hard on TV, that's a TV show. It didn't didn't air. It's not the same thing. It wasn't premiered on...
2: It's where it premieres, Jody. That's what matters. Yeah, it they,
3: premiered in theaters as well, well on PBS. It pre- yes, it no. did.
2: <laughs> it first broadcasted on PBS. All so right. That anyway, I, you know what? The
3: judge gets to make the decision. I'm not. Anyway,
2: first them. of all, I was going to say about the Civil War that, that he got incredible voice actors to be in this, like Sam Watterson did Abraham Lincoln. We had Morgan Freeman doing Frederick Douglass, Jason Robards did Ulysses S. Grant. He, he, um, all these different uh, great people he got to uh, do the voiceovers uh, for this documentary was fantastic um yeah and, and when you're asking a question like what is the best ken burns documentary and then you go well it's a tv question like it's it is a tv the question That's you know, you know
0: it, what's interesting about the, his choices for for um for voice though is, is pretty cool when you, you like I, I not that i'm taking away from my own argument here because i'm not it's just i think the way he picks his actors like look at that list they're very they're very fitting very fitting yeah. for those, <laughs> those in mind, like Meryl Streep, Patricia Clarkson, Jeff Daniels. I think those are very fitting for that one as well, for Hemingway. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a great, great, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, documentarist, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Mike, you've got to make a hard decision here.
1: And I he agree. gets the big actors. Okay. Well, yeah, these were all good arguments. I think you guys all went to the wall. Um, this is just going to come down to my favorite. I've seen all three and we're going to go with Civil War. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was epic. I think all three of them were really epic, but yeah, Civil War is the winner. Oh. All right. Moving on to music now. Category number three. Who is the most influential? Who is the most influential musician? No one has heard of. We are going to start with Adam for this one.
4: Okay. Uh
1: good. Morning. I picked John Prine for my
0: choice. Um, and I, you know, he, he, he is a sort of an anonymous voice as far as, as his um, name out in music. But however, boy, was he influential. And he really first discovered by uh, Bob Dylan and, and, believe it or not, Chris Christopherson, who I don't understand why is a major in voice and music but uh you know for such a young guy to be such you know brooding in his music and, and speaking so um real about you know real life experiences and you know guys he's a folk writer if you don't know him um <clears throat> but just incredible lyrics and incredible depth incredible influence on other huge huge um um, stars like Dylan. I'm not saying Christopherson was Jody because I know you'll go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think a musician. sadly, he died of coronavirus uh, this year, Aww. actually, um, you know, with, with complications of coronavirus, which is, you know, uh, unfortunate. I didn't know that. And just until my research onto this one for, the, for pr- pr- preparing for this. Anyway, um, long and short, he, you know, he was ex- excellent definitely influenced many many other stars um and his lyrics are really really fantastic if you get the chance to to study or read or listen to them uh worthwhile doing
1: We lose jeff awesome thank you adam he's there i think we got everybody still
5: i think we're all good all right that
1: that means it's your that means it's your turn jody who is the most influential musician no one has heard of let's throw a minute on Uh, the board
3: well i definitely took the no one has heard of part uh pretty pretty seriously uh Y'all can hear me. Yep. Okay. Yeah, for some strange reason, it blanked out. Um, I picked Hal Blaine. Uh, Hal Blaine is an American drummer and session recording uh, artist. Uh, this man worked. Uh, he estimated to have sat in on thirty-five thousand sessions and six thousand different singles being made. He was actually a drummer. He did a lot of background drumming. Uh, he did fill-in drumming as well. He also just did. Uh, direct drumming for various bands uh, some bands which include the wrecking crew Beach Boys the birds Frank Sinatra Dean Martin Johnny Rivers Simon and Garfunkel Neil Diamond John Denver Barbara Streisand captain and Tennille the Carpenters the list goes on and on uh, This man is just an absolute genius when it comes to playing the drums as well as various other instruments uh, he worked on a lot of um A lot of popular uh, singles, including singles for Elvis Presley, The Beach Boys, Simon Carfunkel. Uh, Overall, just the man itself. Uh, (laughs) Past that, it's just overall, he's just a very, very gifted uh, gifted individual who obviously uh, clearly is um, a treasure for the music environment
1: and that's your minute thank you jody all right jeff let's hear your answer who is the most influential musician no one has heard of
2: i picked Vic flick yeah i don't know if you guys know who Vic flick was but basically he was also a session musician much like jody's pick um but more of the british invasion type not the the american type uh so he you know if you've ever heard the james bond thing that that's him playing that um, he also uh, played on Hard Day's Night with the Beatles and Help. He um, So, you know, he played with Herman Hermits. He helped Jimmy Page when he was a session musician before he ever became Jimmy Page. So you talk about influence. The, this man had it uh he also worked with Nancy Sinatra, he worked with Tom Jones, Desi Springfield, Paul McCartney, uh Petula Clark, Donovan, uh a, a ton of people. Eric Clapton yelped uh he he's kind of was known as in a lot of ways as like a godfather of guitar session guitar playing because he kind of came before a lot of the people you know today like like Page, like Clapton, like all those guys. So for me, you know, incredible that this guy no one really knows who he is but he, you've heard him play more songs than you know
3: okay well, that's
0: kind of, the no, so, of the so if i can get it. right into this both both jeff and 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 jody described great supporting um support i mean they talked about help they support they were they were on sessions but they didn't do much other than that it seems like um you know they were definitely there they, they definitely had skill they definitely had the ability to be there and um, on all albums i'm sure However, you know, to be an influencer, I think the question was not support. And um, you know, I, I'll quote um, Dylan here: no, "No, no way, somebody this young can be writing so heavy." Uh, John Brown is so good, we might have to break his thumbs. So, you know, it was it was definitely an uh, influence on these guys and how they you know manage their, their careers. From
5: Jody, what was the name of your guy again? Sorry, Halblin. just fixing it
3: there you go oh, okay there we go uh, uh, I'm like, uh just uh, for me for,
2: for the wrecking crew just quick with jody's i would have picked carol k over hal prine but uh, oh sorry um but, but uh, Hal how blaine sorry um uh, just because i'm more of a base influence Enthusiast, and um, that's who I would have picked. And she was like the first female session musician that you can really think of. But that's neither here nor there. I, I also uh, picked
3: based on how many, you know, the the fact that he has sat in on you know thirty five thousand sessions and played like that is incredible
0: for any mu- musician. Yeah, we're not or. talking about records, and we're not talking about sessions. We're talking about influencing. You don't like, think right? that I mean, being in thirty
3: five thousand recording sessions is not influenced? Of course, the that influenced it, everything he touched. <laughs> I guess it, defi- it depends on how you define influence, Adam. But you know, a, a songwriter, yes, definitely influential for anybody who hears those songs. This guy played the background in a lot of stuff. Like this is very influential. I, I'm sorry, I disagree with you on that.
1: How much of it did he write, Jody?
3: Doesn't have to write any of it.
1: Well, I d- no,
3: I'm just, or not. Just, uh, just honestly, mind. I don't have that information, but I know that he did do some writing, but I can't tell you yeah. exactly. Uh, he was also the one who named the wrecking crew. Um, so he was he was the one that came up with that name, uh, which I forgot to mention originally, uh, but uh, also uh, did various things like be my baby in 1963. He wrote uh, he wrote part of that as well.
2: Um. Okay, so with Vic Flick, he was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2013 by the National Guitar Museum for contribution to the history of guitar. He is only the fourth recipient to get that award. You know, so like these are the type of things you talk about influence. He was very influential on those session musicians that I mentioned, like Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, okay, those no. types of people. Yeah. So. Oh, I would totally agree with that. With Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: I I don't have much more to say other than the facts that I've already given and and, and all that. Uh, you know, I don't totally understand why I mind wouldn't be classed as an influential musician when, you know, when you're playing when you're playing music on various top ten. He had what was it? I think it was a total of 150 U.S. top ten hits. Uh, he a, played on.
2: I have a question. Yeah. What's for for Adam? What's the most like? Um, influential song, like or just song that I know that John Prine wrote, but I didn't know who John
0: Prine was? Oh, like, you, you wouldn't. I mean, you, you, you probably... I, I don't have an answer for you, Jeff. Oh, I, right. I just think when you have, you know, people like Dylan, people like Bonnie Raitt, people like... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say Christofferson again, because I not know it's a bad example, but... Uh, no, it's still an icon. Well, you're right, but however... <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> and we you know, have, we have uh, that
0: influences lyrics and and you know makes these greats you know think about how they write and how they include um, you know tone into their own songs uh, is just again an influencer when you have real stars real real music icons crediting uh, somebody w- with that influence is an influencer all right. Well, I think all three line. of these
3: picks are influencers. Uh, plain and simple. I don't think there's any debating that. Uh, but obviously, I don't uh, don't agree with all the uh, all, all the comments.
2: That's okay. time. I, I just wanted. I was just reading about John Prine that Roger Waters said he was a huge influence on him as well. So um, yeah.
1: Well, I want to thank you guys for this answer because you guys gave me a, a couple of different music avenues to go down that I hadn't seen in a while. In one case, I you know, hadn't heard of, so that's fantastic. Winner on this one is actually going to be Adam for John Prine. I am in agreement.
2: Yeah, look, listen to this quote. Uh, John Roger Waters said that John Prine lives in a plane with the most influential people uh, with only two other people, Neil Young and John Lennon. That's what wow. Roger Waters said. So. That, that's, I didn't even see that's, that one, yeah.
1: That's an epic, uh, epic review. If you just said that, right that. I
2: would have gave it to you right away. <laughs> Damn it! I'm I I I I yeah.
0: quoting Bonnie Raitt. You know, I, I
2: couldn't. Yeah. Chris Christopher said said he was
1: good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a, a quick look at the score, and we have a three way tie after three questions. Heading into question number four, the category is sports. The question is: What is the most controversial call by an official? in a championship game or series? And who are we going to throw to first on this one? Let's throw to Jeff first on this one.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I picked the 2002 figure skating scandal with um, uh, David Pelche and uh, – I forget her name, something Sally. Anyway, it was when the Canadians got screwed over by the Russian judge uh, when they clearly should have won the gold medal, and they didn't, and they literally had to – uh, protest the IOC, and then they gave them both gold medals, which was bullshit. And, and there's a whole bunch of different things that went on with this. Even Jay Leno was making jokes about this. I mean, it was so blatantly obvious to everybody that the Russians were trying to rig it and cheat to get, and literally right now the Olympics are going on and they're not allowed to represent Russia. They have, their people from Russia. You know, this is the start of all that. Uh, well, not the start, but I mean, it, it's part of the story. And uh, of what, how they were willing to cheat, and do whatever they could. And figure skating is such an arbitrary sport. And when you talk about controversial call or judge, this is like top of mind to me.
1: All right, love it. That was a very uh, yeah controversial circumstance in Olympics. I remember that was all over Canadian news. All right, Jody, what is the most controversial call by an official in a championship let, let, game or series? Let me paint series? you your
3: picture, judge. All right. It's 1999, game six of the Stanley Cup finals. Okay. Oh. Red Hall <laughs> goes in on Hasik in an overtime, which is the third overtime, by the way. This is a very exciting game for both fans to be watching, uh, both fan groups. Uh, it, it looked like there was a skate in the crease. Uh, which led to a goal which uh, obviously would uh, let her on be the Stars winning the Stanley Cup in 1999. Uh, Buffalo being very, very unhappy about this. Uh, and uh, if you look at the replay, I can see why. Uh, so this is, this is such a, a thing that has changed the course of hockey history that they actually changed the skate in the crease rule because of this one play. This one play that was called by one referee that just decided to end it all. And they ended up winning game six, which obviously uh, won the series. Would have went to game seven, obviously, and they you know, could have been a completely different outcome or it could have been the same, who knows. Uh, but either way, this also influenced uh, hockey uh, going forward uh, with uh, that role change uh, just because of Brett Hall, his skate and uh, hasick So uh, overall, I think it's one of the most controversial calls uh, made in hockey as well as in history uh, when it comes to sports.
1: Potentially referencing one of the worst, ho- uh, worst rules in hockey history as well. Thank you, Joey. Also, I appreciate yes. that. I agree with that too. Bringing back some horrible memories there. All right, Adam, what is the most controversial call by an official in a championship game or series? Okay. Jeff, nod
0: to you. That was I remember watching that that whole thing and the drama that came out of that was just crazy. But, And Jody, great one too. Mine's also a hockey game, game six, 1993, Leafs versus Kings. Nah. And uh, I remember being at a bar in Toronto watching this game and just being so disheartened when this happened. But Gretzky, uh, basically high stick, Doug Gilmore, Doug went down, had a cut in his chin, blood was drawn, clear injury, and Kerry Frazier ignored it. Uh, while Gretzky, and this is the difference between uh, the two, yes, a huge, huge impact in the sports game from you, Jody, but this player, Gretzky would have got a major five minutes off, but uh, he came around and uh, because he was still on the ice, he scored the goal that sent us to game seven. And just that that whole um, lack of momentum, lack of morale, loss of morale. We just never came back and, and lost the series. And, and Kings went on to play uh, Montreal in, in the finals. So, you know, being the closest I think we'd ever been to a uh, Stanley Cup in my time, which is 50 years and still haven't won. Uh, that's my, my 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 one go-to where I just I cannot stand Kerry Frazier. And interestingly enough, Kerry Frazier came out in 2016 in Apollo – for that call, and said he was absolutely wrong.
1: Mm, all right. Three hot topics for debate. Let's open it up.
2: Okay, real quick. I think one all right with Jody's. I think it was a rule, and the controversial wasn't necessarily to me the call. It was the rule. Even Mike, you just said like you brought back memories of just the rule. The call was yes, it was triple overtime, and it, it, it was basically the guy wanted to end the game because it was getting ridiculous. But anyway, because they were, it was like two or three in the morning or something, was it? It was really really late. Um, yeah with mine the, the it was very very clear that the judge cheated and, and and it was like if you go watch both programs of the russians and the canadians the russians like slip on both of their jumps and it was and the canadians hit it flawlessly and so like the, the that was a big scandal the high stick thing was uh to me like i kind of agree with adam like like that we only know the one judge or ref here Kerry Frazier so I, I mean his is the most infamous for me uh you know as far as a uh, controversial call by an official like we only know Kerry Fraser's name here so <laughs> I don't know what the Russian guy's name was
0: <laughs> you know? yeah the, diffi- the difficulty with 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 yours Jeff is that you have a, a panel of judges mm-hmm. that are at that time I mean it did change how figure skating was judged I think after that because yes. it was just you know, I could throw up any number, and that's that. So, and you know, we came up with the whole "we're paying judges off." We're you know, we have a national pride. Why is even a, a, a hometown judge even allowed to judge on that? I never understood that one either. But um, you know, for for being one person influencing it, yeah, I go, I go back to the you know, I mean, it wasn't. That's another question, but certainly Carrie Fraser, you know, became uh, much hated in Toronto after that event. Okay, and we so got.
3: I, I hey, I haven't said anything yet. So both of these picks uh, by my fellow contestants here are both great picks. Uh, I'm not a big figure skating fan, so I didn't really care about that one at all. Uh, but I know that a lot of people did. Uh, as for the the Gretzky thing uh, absolutely he was against the rules he did do it absolutely it was a missed call uh, mine actually was a protest not by the fact that there was a rule but the fact of whether the skate was in within the rule or not uh, and that that to me still kind of debates exactly what you said uh, uh, um, Jeff in regards to my statement saying it wasn't really a controversial call it was a controversial call uh, they didn't they didn't call it and they should have because only on the city of Buffalo cared to. let's face it like, you know what? A lot of people cared. And whether or not it it, it was big, massive news. Uh, as for as for the, the Leafs uh, thing, yes it was. a terrible call as well. I, I agree. Uh, or lack of call, I guess is a better way to say it. Both of them are really lack of calls. Uh, but overall, I just think mine changed the mine changed the actual rule, even though it is a shitty rule in my opinion as well. I think uh, even our judge agrees with that., uh, but that shouldn't change anything. Uh, but overall, I just think it, the 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 whole the whole figure skating thing, I, I don't know how many people were really affected by that, but yes, it did change things. Uh, as well as obviously, uh, the, the whole Gretzky controversy, I think it made it about to look a lot better than he should have. I think Gretzky should have been chastised a little bit more for that, but, uh, overall, I just think mine being the one that really did change the rule book, uh, clearly changed the rule book. So.
2: Uh, well, mine changed the rule book, too because they definitely there was at the time. I think there was eight or nine judges in figure skating. Now there's only six, and they and they rotate which country you're from. It's not always the Russian or always the, the American that are on the yeah, panel. So they, they, they definitely skating. change things. Well, it, my mom cares way more about figure skating than she does about Game Six, 1999.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. Any last any last shots in parting shots? You got five seconds. No. one more. I I, I don't
3: uh, I don't envy you. That's all I have to say.
1: All right. Okay. So let me go through these one by one because it's going to take a little bit. All right. The Carey Fraser non-call and Gretzky's high stick was uh, uh, a shame. I wasn't. I wasn't old enough to uh, remember watching it, though. I do remember the ninety-three World Series quite vividly. So I think if it, if this game had gone the other way, it probably would have been a different call. If the Leafs had a one and Gretzky had have been penalized, um, pretty pretty. This one still still sits pretty uh, heavily with Leaf fans. Um, stars Probably winning the winning Stanley for Cup. Years. Well, <laughs> that's the other thing.
0: You know what? It was that team was just – it was so much harder. It, it was and, a good team, though.
1: Yeah. And, Wendell Clark, Dougie Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that it, team just,
0: team it just team. took the steam out of the whole – I mean, going to Game 7 was – I remember just like, oh, man. Like, you, you, you just – lost that enthusiasm didn't feel good yeah, coming out yeah. of that game me you it that. should
2: have been lease Habs, and it was robbed
1: from us and yeah yeah and that will sit with us forever all right stars stanley cup win uh boy this this was a stanley cup that i remember vividly uh absolutely hated the entire series because i did not like the stars i did not like the sabers i didn't like brett hall i didn't like jeremy uh dominic Hasek.
3: Hasek, yeah.
1: The the, the the skate was in the crease. It was so obvious it wasn't even funny. And you're right, Jody. I think everybody was just tired. Um, yeah. Salt Lake City, this one stood out for me. I was not, a, obviously, a figure skating fan. The Olympics were huge at the time. And this one blew up across Canada um, for people who had no interest in the sport, who had no idea what ice dancing was or that it was even competitive um what did i go with
3: if if it wasn't the russians
1: it, well, that, 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 that's yeah, right so that added have, another if, another layer of interest I think so
3: right? even if it was somebody else other than the russians yeah i do, do i mean it it been been i, I think point. if like argentina or something did it no one would give a shit it, the argentinas <laughs> wouldn't have done it
2: though the russians literally can't represent themselves at the olympics because they're such cheaters yeah. You know, and so. and I think oh
1: you know, I,
3: I completely do- agree with you Jeff absolutely
1: they've had doping issues since I've just thought, I always stuff. wondered
3: that that's all I, I was that wasn't really a point to I, no, no 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 I know guys, yeah, yeah. I, was I was just always wondering that. that
1: it was the great red scare at the Olympics right um, yeah. so that's gonna be the winner for me we're gonna take the we're gonna take Jeff Santa, the 2002 Salt Lake City
0: job,
1: <laughs> scandal all right moving on to history now keeping this show rolling which historical cult has the most bizarre beliefs or rituals this is
3: the weirdest question i've ever had to answer on this show just um all right that's what i was going for you know uh, i i think this one wins
1: all right and jeff you're going first or uh, jody you're going first first. Uh, yeah am i am i first now
3: Okay. Uh, so I picked, I picked the Hindi sect cult, which is better known as the Aghori. Uh, these guys are obsessed with purity. Um, they rub the ashes of the dead on them. Uh, so they'll, 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 uh, uh, riddle. uh, I can never say that word. Um, they'll they'll basically rub the ashes of the dead after they've burned them uh after a ritual uh they drink their own urine uh they also eat rotting flesh of uh, people who have already died uh the, these guys are just something uh now obviously i'm not trying to take away from the religious of it uh you guys can hear me
4: mm-hmm.
3: okay uh because i've lost you guys again uh but anyway um basically the uh they you know, eat rotting flesh out of uh, out of the skulls of the dead. Uh, like these guys are just all over the place when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to shit on any religion, whether it be Hindu or whatnot. Uh, this is a a, a sub subsur- uh, subsection of the Hindu. Uh, faith uh, but this is a very extreme version of it uh, as well and to the point that it's you know people getting into it sometimes uh, try to get out of it uh, just because they finally realize what's going on uh, but overall just a cannibalistic uh, cannibalistic uh, sect and uh, also a cult so I just I, I can't even fathom uh, how terrible that is but anyway that's just me
1: sounds like a fun Sunday morning Ugh.
3: All not, right. for, not for me, but maybe for somebody else.
1: <laughs> All right, let's throw it over to Adam. Which historical cult has the most bizarre rituals or beliefs?
0: Okay, and forgive, forgive, forgive the pronunciations here, but uh, I'm doing some more reading on this, but it, it's, I think it's called Aleph, or uh, it was formerly um, shrink, Shrinkio. Um, anyway, long and short, this was the cult that was responsible for the Saren... Um, uh, gas deployments in, in the Tokyo subway systems uh, in 1984, uh, which was tragic and, and awful. I mean, gosh, can you imagine sitting in a subway and all of a sudden you can't breathe and trying to get your last breath out as you're dying on, on a subway floor? I mean, I, I can't even imagine how horrible that was. Um, and I hear you researching that as well. But, you know... I'm well, just I'm trying to short, remember
3: what it was, that's all.
0: Yeah, it was a... Uh, it's, it's just it's a religious... Um, cults who, who came up with it, they needed to, um, you know, uh, basically, cl- cl- um, what's the word? Cleanse, uh, you know, certain uh, uh, other factions out of the city, just, just not a great, <laughs> like any, I think any, any cult where you're actually, you know, causing death and going after innocence is awful. Um, and uh, certainly the scale of what they did here was uh, awful and, and just horrible.
5: It's called, what's it called Unshrinkio?
0: I think so. just go with A A L E U M and then Shin yeah. Shiniko. Unshrinko, um,
3: yeah. AL. Okay. Yeah, Oh, sorry. 95 is when it happened.
5: Okay.
2: Um and then Jeff. Okay. Um yeah, I went with the Bohemian Grove Club uh it's in uh, uh, this is a club that's in basically northern california uh, it's been the gathering place for some of the most powerful and rich elites in history going back uh, about a 100 years uh, you're talking this is also uh, famous for the the spot where the manhattan project was was basically started in 1942 uh basically people go there and run around naked and do a lot of gay stuff and um uh and plan the world basically uh this is what's. i'm not making this up they have a huge owl uh wooden owl carving that they it's called moloch which is supposed to be a ram. that they do like a a, a fake burning of an effigy their motto is weaving spiders come not here you talk about what's bizarre this is bizarre that the fact that our our most um influential world leaders Richard Nixon uh, Bill Clinton uh, they've been here they've they're members they've hung out here so you're talking about historical clubs as the most bizarre rituals or beliefs that's it's this one
3: okay sorry I missed the I missed what you actually picked Jeff what
2: was it Bohemian Grove Club Oh, okay Bohemian Grove yeah I know yeah.
1: all of our uh, rich overlords our powerful rich overlords getting together to have a, f- uh, a fantastic get-together and
5: Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I messed that up. I messed that up. One second. And then boom, 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 boom. You're good. All we're,
3: right. We're having a David uh, live today. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right.
1: All right. So open it up. I, I, let's hear the debate. All right.
3: I'll I'll just start because these guys probably have more to say than I do. Um. These guys. It, my my pick: the Agori, which by the way has an H in it. Uh. But no big deal. Uh. The 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 fact that they're in a guise of a a a, a hindu sect which you know anybody who knows the hindu religion knows that it's a very peaceful religion for the most part um you know the the fact that these guys are the extreme opposite of what the hindu religion really is uh other than the purity part i guess but the you know the fact that they're eating rotting flesh out of rivers and stuff like that, like, and they're, they're presenting it in the skulls of their dead, uh, their dead friends and stuff like that. Like, th- this is just, this is beyond bizarre. Uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, cannibalism is a, is a pretty common thing for them. Um, <laughs> comment. I almost picked them. Uh, but, uh, these guys are just way worse. Uh, you know, drinking their own excrement, uh, stuff like that. Like, this is just the grossest, most bizarre uh, thing and the beliefs I don't even have time for to tell you all the weird beliefs that they have uh, well, the, but just overall it's just terrible the, terrible terrible
2: cult. is this what started tantric tantric the whole idea of being tantric this no. cult I oh,
3: hope man. not i don't want like to like sting sex thing, they or? do do <laughs> a lot of I, I didn't really want to get into it jeff but they do a lot of sexual acts with the dead as well uh right, stuff like right. that like it, it's it's just it's it's, it's bizarre just terrible yeah, yeah <laughs> cnn to give you an idea cnn did a documentary on them and they had to actually cancel it because it was so nasty that they would they couldn't get it on the airwaves that's the yeah,
0: So what's this a
2: left one that 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 What's what's this one that Adam's going on about? So, like so guys, so this I'm, is
0: it's a religious cult, and basically this is, this is the problems I have. The bizarreness of this is that, you know, anytime like all cults are based on a religion, like most of them are anyway. Um, and, but but you, then you get into this whole okay, we want to cleanse or clarify or just get rid of the world and start rebuilding. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to help it. So let's release gas into a subway system and just you know and impact thousands and thousands of lives i mean it, it just but you know i think that just the, the that bizarreness of that just taking it out and trying to do something about your to get to your final goal uh it, it, just that mentality that you can go out and take on the world uh you know i mean your yeah. cults are bizarre there's no question i think anytime you're eating flesh of friends out of skulls my god but you know at least they're keeping it <laughs> that's actually one of the more calm things that they do <laughs> oh my god but they keep they're, they keep it within the cult you know i mean they're not going too far out right so uh you know but well they're not know, grabbing bystanders off the street or anything right and this, and
2: this is reminding me a lot your cult adam of the show lost like really like like yeah like they go and take people and put them somewhere and then like yeah
0: yeah anyway, long and short it, it, they're just a bunch of wackos that you know got went way too far and thankfully were shut down after that yeah the, and they very they,
3: terrorism they
0: became, orientated
1: yeah exactly they became terrorists i mean that's that's bizarre and wacky, yeah that's taken it well, to a whole new country for
3: sure <laughs> I like that ah, yeah. Real, always good for a, a quarter or two. But
0: uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
3: yeah. <laughs> I, I just think out, out of all these picks uh, they are all good picks, but my God, mine is nasty. Uh, just nasty. So I uh, yeah. just uh, and when it comes to bizarre and
0: like I, I see and your and group that. honestly, Jody, I just in my mind, I picture them as very unhealthy looking just desperate gross people. No, they I all don't look have like a long old,
3: uh, they all look like old Indian people.
0: Funny enough, Uh,
3: but you know, they look fairly normal, but yeah, they have definitely a dark side uh, which is uh, clearly uh, relevant based on the rituals and the beliefs that they, uh, they are
1: running through. All right. That is bringing it to a conclusion. That was a good debate. Gentlemen, Uh, three bizarre uh, cults from history. I think there's a lot more out there too. We've got Jameel in the chat,
3: by the way, just so you know.
1: Oh, there you go. Jamil's yeah. mentioning uh, Nexium as well. I know when I th- was uh, thinking of this question, I was thinking of the Pythagoras' cult from uh, back I, in the I almost times. picked the Magna
3: guys from the States.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because
3: if that isn't a cult, I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway.
1: uh, and we're going to go with the Agori on this one because that's just. They are the nastiest of the three.
3: Yeah, I, I think the gore part is definitely the most relevant. The whole,
1: the whole eating of flesh. And I remember seeing that documentary or a brief bit of that documentary that was canceled, Jody. And it was, yeah, that just. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, let's put it this way. that When I was doing research on this, I, I brought up a couple of YouTube videos and I had to shut them off. I was like, oh, this was
1: too much for me. So. All right. So we have Jody and Jeff tied at two. Adam with one point heading into the final question, which is the oh, wild card. This could be a three way.
3: Oh, this could be a three way.
1: What conspiracy theory is most likely to be true? This is your wild card question, gentlemen. And we are going to throw it to Adam first for this one.
0: Okay. I took. Um the infamous day in history, uh, Pearl Harbor, World War II, uh, when the US um, finally got into it, we were able to get into the war officially. And uh, not enough time to really bring everything here, but uh, real, real close, real quickly, um, you know, the war had been going on for approximately two years at that point, two and a half years. And the U S had been doing everything they can to step around being officially involved, but, you know, being involved with the U S or the UK with, uh, lend lease, you know, pr- providing arms and, and, and goods so they can continue fighting the war. Basically the U S knew is that, you know, at, at, prior to World War II, they were a minor power. They weren't, they weren't elevating the British still owned the world. They were the empire. German, Germany was a major imp- power. And you know, the U S knew that if, if Britain lost this war, um, the longer it went on, Britain would lose more and more influence around the world. But the U.S. was there to stand up and take it. So long and short is that they had to get involved and they knew the U.S. The, the problem was the U.S. public wasn't there to support it. They didn't want to be involved, but they knew if they got a major attack, they could certainly talk the the, 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 the people into joining and getting in and getting rallied and getting angry and wanting to be included in the war. So what better way than to uh, let Pearl Harbor happen? Um, What did they do? Well, they sent all their carriers out to sea and left the little ships to be bombed, you know? Um, so they, they definitely, um, set themselves up for success in the end.
1: All right. Thank you, Adam. Jeff, over to you. What is the conspiracy theory most likely to be true?
2: I picked JFK being killed by the CIA. Uh, okay. Again, your your microphone has to be reset. You're on the
3: wrong, mic, I think.
2: Is that better? Can you hear me now? Much better. Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, I picked JFK being killed by the CIA. Uh, specifically, I'm going kind of with Alan Dulles because the CIA is a huge organization. It picks uh, the director of the Central Intelligence Agency that was literally fired by JFK after the Bay of Pigs. He also ended up firing um, multiple other people, uh, like uh, Leo Lemonster, who was a, jo- um, a joint chief of staff. Alan Dulles' brother was mayor of Dallas the day um that JFK w- was assassinated he changed he helped change the parade route there's a lot of evidence that shows that the CIA was um heavily involved in the JFK assassination the poster right behind me was released in uh it was a movie released in 1991 which ended up releasing a whole bunch of files kind of uh showing a whole bunch of evidence that the CIA was heavily involved in this it has never been directly proven but most people generally agree that the CIA was involved
1: All right, one of the biggest conspiracy theories of all time. Thank you, Jeff. And over to Jody. Uh,
3: I went with one a little bit more uh, closer to home here, I guess, uh, in a way, but uh, also one that uh, was a little bit more recent. Uh, I picked the controlled demolition of the towers on Uh, 9-11. The reason why I picked this was there's actually a lot of evidence to suggest that this actually could be true, Um, uh, more or less – one of the biggest uh, things is that they got a lot of architects to actually sign uh, a, I guess, a a paper, a scientific paper on the evaluation of it. Uh, they got over uh, almost 3,000 signatures by, you know, very respected uh, ar- architects as well as uh, engineers and all that uh, to prove, especially when it comes to uh, Tower 7, which is a tower that didn't get hit by anything, uh, was completely across mm-hmm. the street from 1 and 2. Uh, but happened to fall, but it also happened to fall when the, the fact is that it had one of the largest reserves of, um, of documents that the Americans wouldn't want to get out into the public. Uh, so they kind of, uh, I'm not saying that the terrorist attacks were created by, uh, uh, by the American people, but uh, possibly getting rid of Tower 7 could have definitely been part of that. And there's a lot of architectural proof that would, uh, that would show that that could have, uh, that could have actually happened
1: all right we've been watching our uh conspiracy youtube videos this is good let's open it up for debate
2: <laughs> I, I can't even debate either of them because i completely agree with them um the world war Two one i wrote pearl harbor i wrote a paper on that there's a me, lot me too, a ton, there's a ton of evidence that shows that fdr was goading japan into attacking them first so sure. i agree with that one the 9 yeah. 11 one also i 100 percent agree with uh yeah. but you know can i prove it no, and are, uh, could all those no, architects and engineers prove it? Theories. That's why they're conspiracy <laughs> theories, uh, you know. And, and so that's why, for me, I I agree with them. So it's hard for me to argue against them. Uh, which one's more likely to be true? I I don't know. For me, it's probably Adams because there's it's the oldest, and it we have the most um, documents that that you know that that really kind of show that that's what was occurring. Uh, I actually made a mistake also about before. It was actually Alan Dulles' deputy, Charles P. Cabell. It was his brother that was mayor of Dallas. So I got that wrong. So I just wanted to correct myself.
3: Yeah, I think all three of these are very viable. Uh, the the Pearl Harbor one definitely uh, as well as the JFK thing. The whole thing about the JFK uh, assassination is just it's, it's a wildfire. Uh, it's all over the place. Um, the thing that uh, kind of made me pick mine the most is the the fact that Tower 7 has some of the most classified documents in American history, uh, as well as a lot of bank information. I, I, I don't know about this. What, what What's in there? So yes, Tower 7, seven uh, I can't remember exactly what it was for. CIA, FBI. Uh, there's you know, a CIA, FBI. It. it was basically every major IRS. intelligence organization, as well as financial institutions, uh, all housed documents there. It was basically a massive office environment. Uh, but the 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 theory behind it is that they were erasing a lot of bad things that the Americans did. Uh, in just one day, uh, they could they could erase a lot of the history. Uh, there's documents that were only well, so ever housed in Tower Seven that will never get back now because
0: they weren't So yeah, Jody, like, you know, I mean, a lot of talk about. I mean, there's something clearly nefarious was going on that day. Like, I mean, I get it. But why go after the like if that's the case? They already had an attack on the World Trade Center, you know, prior to Mm -hmm. that. But why not just go after Tower Seven then? Like, I I don't. Because okay, I'll explain. I'll explain
2: it real quick. It was was about asbestos. Okay. Yes. Uh, both those buildings were. were, It was going to cause like literally a billion to ten billion dollars to fix all the asbestos in Tower One and Tower Two. Tower Seven's a different. Argument. Um, totally. Tower Seven has more to do with Larry Silverstein. He owned that building first, and then he bought the the big two towers in July, and then took a huge a insurance. massive insurance policy on him
3: a couple days yeah. before it happened.
2: So it was really about asbestos. Because yeah,
3: he was also the main guy that was supposed to have. Uh, he was supposed to have a business meeting at that exact time. Cancelled it the day mm-hmm. before uh and ended up being completely well away from all three of the towers which is very unheard of for him considering that's really where he resided uh yeah. so the fact that he was completely gone had insurance policies through the roof on this the american government also housed some of the most delicate files in history uh in the in uh, in building in tower seven which tower seven was never actually attacked or hit uh it wasn't even hit with much in the ways of debris uh so with that you know it's a, it's a very shady one for sure
1: so hmm. what I, what I love about all three 9/11 of these cons- are shady,
3: let's be honest.
1: <laughs> and I think what's interesting about nine 11 too, is like, you can look at it from the perspective of, did they know in advance? And did they just let it happen similar to Pearl Harbor or, or was there actually advanced well, planning? There's a lot of documented there, right?
3: reports saying that a couple days prior mm-hmm. in tower seven specifically. And the reason why I keep bringing up tower seven is because <laughs> I don't think flying planes into a building is a conspiracy okay i think that was actually brought out and that was actually done uh but i think they had for for uh you know forementioned information on it and there's even uh there's even evidence to believe that controlled demolitions were already put in the buildings uh main uh main areas in tower seven a couple days prior there were people installing things on the main base supports george George Uh,
2: w bush's brother was head of security for those buildings as well so you know Do you talk about what? Did they let it happen, or was it planned? You do. You do the math.
3: Yeah. Either way, it's still a conspiracy. But uh, it's you know what's my...
0: interesting. Jeff Jeff said too is that you know and and I think time brings out all secrets and and you know World War Two being the furthest one away, obviously. I mean, it's pretty conclusive what happened. I mean, especially with people talking through the decades. But you know, as we move away from nine eleven, uh, we'll definitely learn more. I'm sure. Oh, I, I'm sure. Know, but you, you, it, you know, the other I, thing I, that we also yeah, yeah. I didn't have uh, CIA. I had FBI. I had Herbert Hoover attacking uh, going <laughs> <during laughs> after. Uh, so you know whether but for it's instance, CIA that or Tower
3: Seven that fell, could have had the information that we needed to know about Pearl Harbor. Yeah,
2: yeah, have, yeah. might have been the mafia though. Could have been, could have been right. Right. I mean, I mean, the mafia. Well, that's why they're all conspiracy hey. theories, right? That's you the thing. We didn't really talk about. If we didn't really talk about, sorry, JFK yeah sorry we didn't really talk about JFK at all but the thing like you guys it. You don't, <laughs> well fair enough uh if you guys think Lee Harvey Oswald did it by himself and that's fine uh for me there is just too much stuff going on with the and the thing is it's so cloudy because yeah yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 for sure all three of these are definitely like that
1: all right we're gonna come down to the wire and call it um Jeff, CIA, I think there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I think it's been so long. A lot of that's been lost. Do
3: possibly in tower
1: most, seven. Po- potentially <laughs> in tower seven with, with Jody's <laughs> controlled demolition of 9-11. I think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of meat on those bones too. Um, but as far as which one most likely to be true, I'm gonna go with uh Adam's answer of Pearl Harbor World War II. Um just because I think the evidence is, is pretty much there on the pretty table. Yeah.
3: Great. Uh,
5: now we got the tie breaker.
3: <laughs> great. Oh. Producer Dave's like, I hate tiebreakers. <laughs> it's totally, uh, totally... Long and two rounds. <laughs> and, so and to and now it's, now.
1: Yeah, now it's the time to give a shout out to producer Dave, who we all love so much in creating a tie. I,
5: I I'm I'm on it. Here we go.
1: So what happened?
5: Uh, well now, uh, well this is where Mike has to make up an impromptu question, um, okay. and uh, cool. you have basically you'll have to he decide to which pick the
3: best two answers, I guess, the
5: best two, and whoever. So basically, you're you're picking the worst answer just to, to decide who's gonna get eliminated from the speed. Okay, factor.
1: all right. So. so we're gonna go with a wild and wacky one. Um, which? Oh,
3: okay, hold on. Before we do this, are we shouting out our answer, or are we just all each getting a, a turn?
5: Uh, usually, usually today. it's a first come, first serve kind of thing. Uh,
1: okay. So
3: we're shouting out no right. an answer. Them. Yeah,
1: Do you shout out an answer. Get ready to throw down the gauntlet, gentlemen. We are going to go with one of my backup questions. Okay, what current internet fad or trend needs to end now? TikTok.
3: It is just the, and I'm going to let these guys have their 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 thoughts while I talk. Um, TikTok is something that yes can be very entertaining, but I think is also the new strive for. Let's let's make Facebook even more interactive. Uh, now we get to see videos of people tell us how bad things are. Uh, you know, this is just and we're we're teaching we're teaching hate even more than ever now because now we have videos of showing hate. Uh, yes, we do exposed hate and stuff like that, but I think TikTok is just even though yes i am a subscriber to TikTok, i have watched TikTok. uh but overall i think it's a medium it's it's an evolution of something that already throws massive amount of rumors and speculations into the mix uh and now we do it in a video format in 30 seconds or less uh so it's to me it, it, it's an evolution of facebook and twitter and stuff like that where instead of just still images of somebody set telling me that you know somebody killed somebody or whatever. Uh, now we have a video of it. So I think it's just overall, I think it's an evolution to a uh, a product of society, uh, which is already uh, becoming an issue. So I just think there's a lot of hate and stuff like that on it. So
0: overall, well, I just think I, it's a terrible platform. If I can go bigger, I think it's it's the, the idea that you can spout off anything, Mike, without any kind of backup, without any kind of recourse, without any kind of um, follow-up and, and you know people's ideas or opinions and that's the big thing here on the internet right now are taking as face value I mean it started really with CNN news back in the day when you have it, you know just a, uh, a, a um, an editorial versus fact and, and you know so the whole mainstream is now decided on what Joe the plumber thinks in Wisconsin versus <laughs> you know um, the reality of what's going on in life and and i think so it's a very popular unpopular opinion but i believe is that you know until things get controlled a little bit not by i don't know who i don't know who i don't have an answer but you know joe the plumber is not speaking for normal america i don't believe and you know the or, they can or all it.
3: plumbers for that matter
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: and
2: jeff i'm gonna pick algorithms okay and so i'm not going to fad i'm going to trend and i i don't like when you know because i'm talking to you guys right now say we talk about um you know hershey bars and then all of a sudden a hershey bar ad comes up on my screen uh that would be my my i don't like that and uh, the fact that big brother or whatever is listening to every conversation or it's like listening to keywords that we say and then it pops it into our internet search that to me is the most uh disturbing also i don't like the fact that um with the algorithm, uh, we get like you know, you want news? Here you go. Like kind of the opposite of what you're saying, Adam. Uh, it's like here, CNN. Here's Fox. Here's MSNBC. You know, only this perspective. You know, I I don't I don't subscribe to that. I don't like that. I would rather listen to, uh, I would rather listen to normal people sometimes, Adam, because sometimes uh, you know they're gonna have a different perspective, and and if, even if you disagree with it, that's okay. You know, uh, it, it, it's up to you to use your head to to go well that's bullshit or that's not to me you know so uh, free, you know, free speech is important for me.
3: The, the problem with uh, getting rid of algorithms is you also get rid of the good things about algorithms, and you know, same thing goes with my answer and, and uh, Adam's uh, thoughts as well. Um, the the problem with algorithms is, is the fact that you know people can't find this show if they're not interested in that type of stuff, or you know the, that type of thing, or you know, for instance, our Star Trek, uh, our Star Trek stuff. You know, uh, Trek trackers would need to be able to find that. Uh, so algorithms are very healthy with that. Uh, social. Uh, social, social media, uh, which actually I just want to share a quote with you, which I really love, uh, which is by all people, Mike Tyson, uh, funny enough. And it says social media made you uh, made you always too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. Uh, if you look at TikTok, there's people sitting there, you know, shitting on people on TikTok. Uh, and I'm using TikTok as my answer because social, I, I think that's the evolution of the social platform, um, social media platform. And I think just social media is, even though ir- irony wise, you know, all of us met on social media, uh, you know, stuff like that. Well, some of us anyway, uh, but uh, just overall, I just think it's, it's, it's becoming the point where it's just, it's terrible. It's, it's almost terrorism. It's just a different version of it
2: okay like yeah for me with the algorithms like what i really don't like like say i like i literally just put in puppy videos for like a week straight all they would mm-hmm. pump at me is puppy videos and i you know like i don't like this i don't i don't like them deciding what i watch <laughs> you know but, but so you're the great. one that
3: decided that by putting in that no.
2: search. <laughs> I'm not. And I'm not the one who decided. I wanted maybe at that time to watch a puppy video, but now they're mm-hmm. saying, I uh, you want to watch more puppy videos, and I don't. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, I think all, all of them have the ability to be good as well. Uh, you know, social media I think can also be good, uh, but I think it's unfortunately being used for more bad than good nowadays, so that's why I try to stay off of it as much as possible. But, uh,
1: it's creating a QAnon conspiracy theories, left, right, and center. Yeah.
3: Oh, for sure. Well, oh. now there's the freedom <clears throat> phone. Did you see that? Oh. <laughs> so no, so no. some guy's now selling a phone that has stuff like Parlor and stuff like that, like stuff that's already oh. been banned. Uh, preloaded, like Parler, ready to go like that, preloaded, yeah, for all the magna people and stuff like that. And it's five hundred dollar phone that they're getting from, you know, China for a hundred bucks. So it's
1: crazy. And only nineteen ninety nine for a uh, membership at Bohemian Grove. <laughs> oh really that's it eh? that that's sounds it. like a bargain <laughs> all right good answers gentlemen are we going to call it i think we're going to
5: uh, call it well it's a, yeah that's a, if you have enough information you're the judge you have to call it
1: <laughs> all right so, this is the so part uh, of being a judge yeah, yeah honestly great great answers um we're going to go with algorithms and people spouting off on the internet We've got uh so jeff jeff and adam uh,
2: oh okay. Okay. okay so okay
1: i don't like tick tock
2: but it's kind of harmless
3: what did adam actually pick as a product i didn't what, did he... okay. I what was the question again sorry
2: oh, <laughs> okay. what, what, what internet tread or fad needs to end what needs oh, okay to end? sorry i must have misheard that you're saying okay. tick tock needs to end <laughs> which
1: <one>? it does <laughs> it does i agree anyway congratulations okay. you
2: two.
5: uh yeah sorry guys i'm Working fiercely here.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh.
5: All right, so uh, so Jody has been eliminated. I so have. Weird. Doesn't happen very often, but it it's, does happen. Yeah, I, I'm not used to this. <laughs> uh, but Jamil uh, Jamil sure. you know, that TikTok is devolving a video base. It's the devolving, hmm. de so, He might be. He might be uh, in line with you,
3: Jody on that i agree with jamil 100 percent
5: okay so we're gonna take jody off screen here uh, but he'll you can still hear and and everything like that and we're gonna get into the speed round
1: all right let's throw it to the speed round
5: okay and so uh i have three questions ready uh mike and you're gonna have to maybe come up with a couple more at the end but okay uh we will start with this one and this is first come first serve um and you'll get 30 seconds on the board to make your case and then there'll be about a minute for uh uh what do you call that rebuttal all right
1: all right what is the worst animal uh, predatory animal extinct or alive to stumble across
2: i'll pick the komodo dragon
1: Interesting.
2: Okay, the Komodo dragon. Uh, Do I just go? Is is he going to pick first? I don't know.
5: Uh, Well, if he's ready
2: to go, if he needs time to think about it, I guess. I can just talk about the Komodo dragon if you want. I mean, I wouldn't want to stumble across this on a beach. I mean, this thing can outrun you. If it bites you, its bite is poisonous. I mean, just one bite, you know, and you're done. Uh, It's a very frightening animal. It looks like a giant lizard with huge teeth and um uh, in no way would i want to come across this animal i mean i would choose a bear over this animal just really
1: yes. really okay i know they're fast deceptively fast
2: okay 30 seconds
5: over to adam but we need to know what he's picking i'm picking a grizzly
0: uh grizzly bear, you know, sorry, Jeff, thank you for that great idea. Cause I was going through my phone. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to run across the Komodo dragon too often. Why? Cause I'm not going where they are. Uh, however, in North America, where we live, the chances are, I like to hike, I like to go outside, I like to visit those places, uh, that may happen. And, and watching the effects of a, a bear attack is just horrific. And I, I d- would never want to experience the fear of that. Uh, and certainly to live through the, the catastrophic injury or, to be even worse killed through it. So um e- either way I, I think it'd be awful. <laughs> I just you know this is a tough one Mike. I uh, don't have a lot to say but I, I mean agreeable well, I wouldn't want to be eaten by a, a Komodo dragon either.
2: I was watching I've been watching the I don't know if you watch the show alone Adam but the it's a there's a place called Grizzly Mountain which is up in northern BC and um there's a lot of uh, with the grizzlies uh unless they're like really hungry they're not going to come after you uh, it's more the black bears that seems to be a bit more um the uh, vicious you know little, they're more worried about them they, even though like the grizzlies are huge and i wouldn't want to come across a grizzly i'm not saying i would uh but it seems like they'll leave you alone Is like if you come across a komodo dragon it's not going to be good for you they will come after you
0: yeah, The thing about komodo though if you do get bitten and able to escape them in that initial attack i mean they don't like to follow through you know initially they like, they like to right. stalk you and and gets you later on and you know, if you're able to get treatment, you can get treatment um, and, and won't die. However, if you're mauled by a bear that that's, you know, catastrophic injuries initially, they could, you know,
1: end your life. So
2: and they're very different because yeah, you're right. <laughs> the motor dragon. Okay.
1: All right. That's time. Um, I wouldn't want to run into either of these animals in a, in a dark corner or coming around the corner. Um, I feel like I'm slightly more prepared for a Grizzly Bear than I would be a Komodo Dragon. I would have no idea what to expect from a Komodo Dragon and would probably end up pulling on its tail. Um, However, I feel like a Grizzly, I would be less likely to survive. So we're going to go with Grizzly Bear. Just because it could probably... I only picked come out a dragon entirely. because
2: i picked it last time when like when you first sent your questions i was like that was what i yep. originally thought so that's
1: why. <laughs> no it's a good one i'm surprised nobody went with t-rex though right like
2: yeah, i thought about that because it said extinct but a t <laughs> yeah i don't know a t-rex i think you could hide you, so yeah, big you
1: probably could just stay still yeah
0: things we learned from jurassic park right, right.
1: that's right <laughs> all right uh, mm. next, uh, next category is what if. Which historical ruler would be the most successful in modern times?
2: Like, okay. Is there a cutoff? Like,
1: Doesn't like, matter. Throw pick it, pick pull anybody. it out of your hat. Yeah, anybody. I'll
2: go with my boy JFK.
1: Okay.
0: I'm going with Churchill.
1: Okay. Two recent, uh, more more modern historical figures. Who wants to lead it off? Adam, you want to go with Churchill?
0: Sure. I, I think that, you know, in the world of populist leaders that we're experiencing now, you know, I think that Churchill was a, a true populist in the time of, of war, uh, admittedly. However, you know, he was able to, you know, cut through the political crap that was going on with the Britain previous leaders and coddling to the to the Nazis and, and letting them basically take over um, Europe at the time uh and then just saying you know enough is enough we're gonna (laughs) we're standing with poland and we're gonna be at war now and but the the bigger point to that was his ability to rally the british people and get him get them on side because honestly if they hadn't joined i don't think that britain as a whole would have done it but he picked that point in time to really become um powerful however he needed the people and the uh and the um the, the support to do that you know just as fdr couldn't join the world war, the were until pearl harbor uh, uh he had to get the people on side and that was uh only churchill that could have done that rallied them to do that
2: okay for for modern times like well, the reason why i chose jfk was because he was like one, like literally the only american president that i can remember that advocated for medicare for all and during this time of coronavirus america specifically really needs that um that they're struggling and for me churchill was like uh, uh an imperialist he, he i mean so was jfk but like uh, churchill really was all about preserving the british empire and he made kind of like a deal with fdr he's like okay the americans will now carry on our legacy and that's kind of when the like you know they passed the ball but for me churchill today would he, he was very racist and you know i don't think he would do too well today
0: okay Good so arguments. what's the argument for jfk other than healthcare? uh
2: just for me because uh jfk was also a, a contrarian to he wanted to break the cia into a million pieces we, we you know he wanted to um you know spread the power he didn't want to centralize it so much and that's what we have today and that needs to be stopped at some point you know because it's it's getting it's getting ridiculous that's my opinion
1: time is up all right two good choices um just on the arguments i think churchill yeah would be a great populist modern uh politician i think jfk really would uh probably be in his own i think in the 21st century with you know modern social media and you know kind of the congenial uh kissing all the babies kind of politician that we have these days uh, i'm going to go with jfk on this one
3: jfk would be on tiktok
1: <laughs> <laughs> he totally would be yeah, he
3: probably
1: would jfk be. would be popular on
5: tiktok too i'm sorry one second i, I feel like
0: he, the American needs that leader right now. They need that somebody. Populous. Yeah. Not yeah, populist in the Trump way though. No. In, the, in, and in a way that they cares about the people. Yeah. 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 That really legitimately cares about the people. That, yeah.
2: That's why. And, I choose, and is, and is not afraid
0: over. to shake the, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, shake up what needs to be shaken. Shake up.
5: Uh, just quick question here from yeah. Mike. Mike, um, we don't have to do another three rounds after this. So, if you want, this next question can be the final question, or if you have things in mind, then we can do those after. But it's the, I'll uh, leave that because I don't want I'm agreeable to that. I mean, we've gone an hour and a Jeff, half. Jeff, you agree? So, this next question is for all the marbles. Yeah. Let's
1: do all it. the marbles, here we go. bringing down the house okay who is the most influential figure in the 20th century that people know little or nothing about most influential figure in the 20th century that people know nothing or little about and it doesn't have to be so obscure that you're literally plucking them out of a random history book good call yep. out from the oh, chat boy. yeah me old jay
0: he would um, he would be more behaved
1: <laughs> he would have to be like i i don't think he could get away with having as many um, late night liaisons and trusts as uh, especially with famous movie stars as he was getting away with there back in the late 50s early 60s all right. I know we we leveled these guys with a tough one for the final okay, question.
0: I'm going to go with um, Harry Truman, and okay. I know he was a president, and I, I do recognize. Uh, I just think he was a silent president, and he had a lot of power uh, when he supported FDR as far as you know, the outcome of the war and the way things were going. And when FDR died, he was, you know, he kept his own um, his own agenda going, and. Uh, you know and and what an agenda that was because I mean he changed the war he, he added uh the first use of atomic weapons and and you know changed the world at the time so i, I don't I think he was a, pr- a president that was you know lucky to become president simply because of the death of his the president at the time
1: and and was able to continue all right great choice Adam Jeff?
2: um I'll go with Tesla uh, Tesla. Ooh. Yes, everybody knows him, but what do you really know much about him? Do you, do people really know that he was a Serbian? Do people really know that you know he was he was um, a lot of his inventions were kind of stolen by Edison. That um, do a lot of people know this? I don't think so. I think uh, if you talk about the most influential person of the modern era, I mean, he's up there, and a lot of people don't know his story because it hasn't really been told by a lot of people. You know, so.
1: All right, good answers. Uh, love Nikola Tesla, first of all. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a round of a debate here. You guys want to go back and forth? We got a minute on the board.
2: Uh, okay, so for me, like Truman is guilty of one of the worst sins in, in, in modern history, dropping the atomic bombs on a, po- a population. So for me, to call him influential would be incorrect for me or well, influential in a bad way, uh, is how I look at him.
0: Yeah. Uh, it didn't define that. And that's where I, I, I went to, I'm sorry. Um, I think Mike, I, I don't really have, I mean, just, just choice is great. You know, you're going to have to decide here whether, you know, the biggest impact in the world now, Nikola Tesla may have started the inventions off, but somebody perfected them. And unfortunately for him, it just wasn't, uh, followed through with, you know, or, or didn't have the ability to. Um, but anyway, your choice.
2: Alternating current, dark current, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, so I think, I think Tesla's a good one. Um, a little bit more obscure than Harry Truman, uh, in that way, but also to, to Adam's point, you know, a lot of people took his inventions and his genius really, and ran with it. And I don't think people know enough about him. There's a great uh, history channel series that they did, uh, I think last year or the year before that went into his history Harry Truman one of my favorite presidents just because of all the alien conspiracy theories around him and the majestic 12 or majestic 25 or whatever it is where you know he apparently met with uh alien leaders and all that kind of stuff uh and and really kick-started the whole um cover-up for the U.S. government I think that's a whole rabbit hole that is you know not explored very often As far as influential goes, I think um, I was leaning towards Tesla, but I'm going to have to give it to Harry Truman on this one, Um, just as far as his scope and influence. And yeah, that that atomic bomb really changed the world. So winner of this round is Adam. Congratulations, Adam. Thank you. All right. Some great answers today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Nobody knows a lot about Oppenheimer.
2: I was gonna pick also all right. Henry Wallace. He would have another one that I should have picked, but I did not.
1: That's why we call it the speed round. You guys got to be on your toes. First answer that comes to comes to mind, right? All right, some great answers today. Uh, thank you very much to all of our contestants: Jeff Mater, Jody Simpson, and the winner today, Adam Woodward, with a score of five to four to two. Um, follow us on facebook and youtube this is has been trivial debates the ultimate pop culture challenge i have been your host mike o'connor thank you again to our contestants and our producer dave Mater. um all the links and information can be found in the description below click like and subscribe Make sure to check out our other podcasts as well, Live Long and Podcasts, Star Trek and uh, TV and Movie Reviews, and of course, the Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, Scripted and Reality Shows. Until next time, see you on the flip side.
2: (laughs) Keep on keeping on.
4: (laughs) Oh, thank you.